Hi, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. My name's Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently a board-certified behavior analyst working at a private center. The whole goal of this podcast is to help you with balance. So you'll have some episodes helping you at work and other episodes helping you outside of work. I hope you guys are excited to dive into today's episode. Let's get started. I'm going to lay out a scene for you, and I want to see if it sounds familiar. You teach three grades, third, fourth, and fifth grade. You have three inclusion teachers, Ms. Miller in third grade, Mr. Davis in fourth grade, and Mr. Mike in fifth grade. You have one self-contained classroom. All of your students have lunch and recess at a different time. Your paraprofessional position has not been filled, and you're not guaranteed a sub every day because there is a shortage everywhere. And you can't find a time where every student is in your classroom, let alone getting them into the classrooms they need. And by the way, IEPs are federal documents and you have to follow them. Does that sound familiar? Scheduling is one of the toughest parts to kicking off the school year. And this is true for a lot of classrooms, but self-contained classrooms just take it to a completely different level. I always found that it was almost impossible for me to find time in the day to get every single student, every single thing they needed and required in the first place. Then, trying to ensure my paraprofessionals got breaks. And then hopefully, maybe, I might get a lunch or a planning once a week, but that was often the first thing to go for me. It's a lot. I'm by no means a scheduling expert, but I did work in a classroom for six years, and I did find a couple of things that helped me as I tried to make my own schedule. I'm going to share five tips, and I do want to say I don't think all of these tips are going to work for everybody, but I'm just hoping with this podcast, I give you some things to think about as you apply it to your own unique classroom and situation. So let's dive in to what it looked like when I was making my schedule. So first, I started with the non-negotiables. So these are the things I could not move. So like I said, I had students who got some sort of academic inclusion at every grade level. So maybe my third grader was going into math for 30 minutes. Maybe my fourth grader was going into reading for 45 minutes. And maybe my fifth grader was going into math and reading for a total of two hours. For me, those times were non-negotiable. So if my student is supposed to be getting 45 minutes of reading and his fourth grade inclusion teacher does reading from 9 to 10, then that time becomes a non-negotiable for me. I worked at a pretty big school, and usually there were four to five teachers, sometimes six or seven, to be honest, at one grade level, and they would all do their instruction at the same time. I couldn't ask an entire grade level to change their reading because I couldn't get my student there. That was a non-negotiable. That went on my schedule first. And so then... I would use the non-negotiable to plan other pieces. So this is where it gets a little tricky because I not only need to make sure that that student is in inclusion for reading, but I also need to make sure he doesn't miss anything important in my classroom while he was in the other classroom. For example, I don't want to do my whole group math lesson while he's in reading because then when am I going to find time to teach him math when he comes back to my room? What do I do? I take the inclusion schedule and use it to shape my schedule as much as possible. So if you don't have a lot of students accessing inclusion, especially academic inclusion, this might not be a tip that helps you very much. But if you're in a classroom like the one I was in, 
this is what made most sense to me. And because I had kids getting inclusion in multiple grade levels, I typically went with whichever grade level I had the most inclusion time with. So in that first example, I gave the fifth grader getting two hours. That's the most time I had a student out of my classroom, so I would try and model after whatever fifth grade was doing. So I tried to do reading when they did reading. I tried to do math when they did math. And that way, I would know that if we're all doing reading at the same time and my student is in that classroom getting reading, I can teach reading in my classroom and he's not missing anything. And that also kind of helped me remember, okay, we're all doing reading at 9 a.m. And so by formatting my schedule around other ones, it helped me ensure that every kid was getting what they needed. Another tip that I didn't use a lot when I first started teaching, but I'm so glad I did towards the end, was trying to have my related service providers push in. So you might want to think, do you really want to lead a whole group reading lesson, like a read aloud, but you don't have enough support? Have you been wanting to do a writer's workshop and you just can't get every kid what they need? Have you been thinking about doing adapted art, a cooking lesson, doing in-school, community-based instruction, anything like that? You might want to see if you have goals that would relate to what SLPs and OTs are working on and see if they're willing to collaborate. You might want to have a speech therapist join in the read aloud. Maybe your occupational therapist can help you during an art lesson because she's working on fine motor goals. This was one of the best ways I found to maximize my time. So when I initially wrote the script, the class I had at that time, my speech therapist was joining me for a reading group once a week. My occupational therapist was joining me for a writer's workshop once a week, and they both pushed into an art lesson. They were able to figure out ways to work on their goals in those push-in models, which helped me maximize four hours in my schedule a week, which helped tremendously. And I found that once I was really open and honest with related service providers about the challenges of my classroom, they were more than willing to try and help. But building a really positive relationship with them is imperative to make this work. And I have another podcast all about that that is linked in the show notes of this podcast. But the more I could work with them, the more we can make this work. You need to help. Once you've done everything you can, you've plugged in those non-negotiables, you've filled in your schedule around it, you've asked the general education teachers, occupational therapists, speech language pathologists, anyone else you can think of for help. Now you need to figure out what do you still really need and fight for it. Maybe you need a 20-minute lunch every day. Maybe you need a 30-minute planning once a week. Maybe if you just had 15 minutes twice a week to call parents and catch up on emails, that would help a ton. Or maybe Sarah really needs to be in third grade at 10.15 and you just don't have an adult that can take her. Figure out what you need. Commit to it. Talk to your paraprofessionals. Talk to other special education teachers. Consult with your admin. If it is something in an IEP, you have to follow it. If your contract dictates that you should have time, then you deserve that time. Know that no one else is going to fight for these things, so you've got to be the person to fight for them. You'll be thankful in the end. That being said, I know it's a lot easier said than done. I'm not a super confrontational person in real life, and so I found scheduling a meeting with my admin to make sure I have their undivided attention helped. 
I would have all of my students' needs and my draft schedules easily organized so they could look with me. In a caveat, sometimes you just have admin that sucks. That happens. But sometimes it's not that they don't want to help. They're just not sure how to help. When I had everything organized on my end and could clearly say what I needed, like, hey, I have a 10-minute overlap and she's got to be in that room and I have nobody can to take her there because I am by myself with six other kids, it was easier for them to try and help me. Help people help you. It helps. How many times could I say help just then? I'm telling you, if you help other people help you, you're more likely to get what you need in the end. And then my last tip is to use a tracking sheet to get it all in. Because nothing is more frustrating than getting your entire schedule done and then realizing that you forgot to include Johnny in any of your reading groups. This might seem like a common sense thing, but trust me, it is really easy to lose track. I used a simple marker to track the service time, and if a student was getting that time in inclusion, I would highlight the box. So when I was going through my schedule, as I plugged each kid in for reading, I would check their name off on the sheet put a little pink highlight if it was happening in inclusion so I knew I wasn't needing to plan the lessons for that. And then I knew that my schedule was not done until every student had a check mark for every part of the day that they needed. So this helped me a lot, especially when it came to the many, 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 many things listed in each child's IEP. It's a lot to keep track of. The checklist helps a lot, and I have a free copy for you in the show notes of this podcast. And then one more thing, because I get this question a lot when I talk about schedules, people wanted to know how I actually taught multiple grades. I utilized a curriculum map to make this part of my classroom work. I don't have a podcast right now that aligns to that, but I do have a blog post that you can go to in the show notes, and it'll explain the concept of our curriculum map and how I made mine. Scheduling is not an easy thing at all, but I hope these tips gave you something to think about as you create your own schedule. Good luck. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys found something useful and you can always come visit me on Instagram at Adaptation Station for more content all about work and life. I hope you guys join me for the next episode and have a good one.